For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Happy Wednesday, football fans, and welcome in to another edition of The Chase Podcast. I'm Isaac Sines, and I thank you for joining me. In today's episode, NFL defensive tackle Jarrell Worthy and I discuss some of the top free agents and where they could land. Plus, we'll predict where Antonio Brown will be traded this offseason. The Fall is another production of The Chase Podcast, covering the latest news and analysis around the National Football League. Turn the volume up. The chase is on and the chase is live. Now, let's say to your voice. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome into the Pro Football Chase Podcast. It's Isaac Signs coming at you live here on this Wednesday. And on the phone to join me today is NFL defensive tackle Jarrell Worthy, who's currently playing with the Orlando Apollos. So, Jarrell, thanks again for taking the time to join me. And how you doing today, man? Man, I'm doing uh, very well. I'm excited uh, to talk on uh, the podcast today. And uh, just uh, I'm excited to get right into it, man. It's, uh, it's going to be a good one. All right, man. So on that note, Jarrell, we got free agency coming up ahead on March 13th. That's when the new league year begins. And then, of course, the other main deadline that is looming is the March 5th franchise tag deadline where teams can use the franchise or the transition tag on impending free agents. So let's get right into it. Looking at this list, there's plenty of top unrestricted free agents. We're going to go to give our ideal landing spot for them. So the first player that I want to talk a little bit about is Cowboys defensive end Demarcus Lawrence. He's 26 years old. 
We do know that he's a franchise tag candidate, obviously, as Dallas used that on him last year. There is optimism about Dallas being able to sign him to a long-term deal before March 5th's deadline. However, we can always get a little creative, Jarrell. So let's just say that Dallas doesn't place the tag on Lawrence and he becomes a free agent on the 13th of March. Who would you say makes the most sense for Lawrence? Man, uh, well, this upcoming March, you can expect um, Demarcus Lawrence to be uh, expecting a, a contract in the, the 80 to $90 million range, um, you know, being a pass rusher, he wants, he wants as close to Khalil Mack, Aaron Donald money as possible. Um, so we just have to kind of, you know, look into the, the teams with the most salary cap to, to, to really suit him. Um, if, if I'm, if it's me, if I'm thinking of a team that's, uh, that needs, uh, more, um, you know, added pass rush um, that that uh, definitely uh, benefit from his services. Um, it, I, I think it would be a team like San Francisco. Um, you know, John Lynch and those guys up there, and um, you know, running the franchise uh, wants to you know to 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 create a nasty team and and, and you know get those guys rolling. I mean, they have uh, Armstead up and uh, Buckner coming up with with free free agency as well um, with their with their contracts coming up. But I think, you know, Demarcus Lawrence would look great and fit well into their defensive scheme and what they want to do. You know, being in California, it's always beautiful uh, and, and sunny. So I definitely think he'll benefit from being out in the Bay. Well, that's a good team right there, Jarrell. For me, the team that makes the most sense, should he become available is the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, for one, they got the most cap space in the NFL. And how about this connection? Matt Eberflus, the Colts defensive coordinator, served as the Dallas Cowboys passing game coordinator in previous years. So there is some familiarity between Eberflus and Demarcus Lawrence. Now, this is a premier edge rusher that just had 10 and a half sacks in 2018. He's just 26 years old. He fits the mold of what Chris Ballard likes, young, athletic, dynamic. And so for me, should he become available, which I know is very unlikely, I think he's going to stay put in Dallas, I think the Colts would make a good fit for what he can bring to the table. Now, Jarrell, let's go to the next guy. And this this one is very interesting because you know him. You played with him at Michigan State. Le'Veon Bell, 27 years old. He sat out the entire 2018 season instead of playing under the franchise tag. This is one of the best running backs in the NFL still. Where do you think he lands in free agency? Uh, uh, this would be a selfish choice for me personally. Um, I would love to. I would love to see him land in, in Green Bay. Uh, I would love to see uh, the the Green Bay Packers uh, spend the money on him and and uh, bring him in uh, with them not being able to. Well, not I wouldn't say not be able, but them uh, not retaining uh, Clay Matthews and Randall Cobb uh, this upcoming season um, just allows for them to be able to spend in free agency and um, you know sign another uh, big time free agent. Uh, I think you know with the way that the the running lanes will be wide open um, with Aaron Rodgers back there uh, sitting next to him, I definitely think that would be a, a definite uh, a good spot for him to land with a quarterback and the way they do offense up there. 
Um, but Indianapolis, you know, again, is is a, is a team with with the big salary cap. Um, he's from Ohio. It's only an hour and a half drive from his hometown. Um, the availability that he has uh, to be able to see family, um, be a place that's comfortable for him, uh, play behind Andrew Luck and that great offensive line with their with their young core that they have together. Uh, I definitely think Indianapolis will be a, a great suitor as well. Those are two good teams, but how about this team, Jarrell? This one would be a pretty, I guess you could say, sleeper team, but one yeah. that would make for an interesting matchup twice a year because it is a fellow AFC North Division rival. How about the Baltimore Ravens? This is a team. That, yeah, man. This is a team that has forty-six Ooh. million dollars in cap space, so they do have some wiggle room. How about you pair Le'Veon Bell? And Lamar Jackson, you know the Ravens are a run-first team. They finished in the top two in the NFL this season. But Le'Veon Bell, in fact, actually hinted on social media that he may be open to joining the Ravens should they meet his salary demands. So how sick of a backfield would that be of Jackson and Bell on top of the bonus of getting to play the Steelers twice a year. That I mean, I would pay my money to to see something like that. Um, I think that would be a phenomenal landing spot for him. The way Baltimore and their culture, the way uh, they write, they run first. Um, John Harbaugh, Hard Knocks, um, just everything that they bring um, to the table. Uh, I definitely think that would be a phenomenal landing spot for him. And uh, so if it should happen, man, I mean, I literally I would pay to go to to a Steelers and Ravens game when they when they meet up just because, I mean, you know what what Le'Veon brings to the table each and every week, um, the ability uh, to be able to catch out the backfield, um, run downhill, uh, mismatches for for linebackers. Um, he definitely will be a nightmare for their defense, um, even though they they understand how he he runs and plays, man. He he kind of uh, lets the game just kind of flow. And um, I definitely think that would be a phenomenal landing spot uh, being in Baltimore. Now, really quick, Jarrell, you being a player in the NFL, you know the grind of a regular season of the offseason. How much do you think Bell sitting out that 2018 season will affect his performance moving forward, if at all? I don't think it would you know, uh, affect his performance at all. Personally, I mean, you know, he's he's down in Miami often, being in that Florida sunshine, um, the humidity, um, what it does with your your, your body. Um, you know, everybody moves to Florida when they get old uh, because how good it feels. But, I mean, I think, you know, him sitting out uh, has nothing to do with, um, you know, how he's going to perform this upcoming season. If not, I think he's going to be refreshed. Uh, his body will feel rejuvenated. Uh, if he's staying in the same playing shape that he did uh, before he uh, set out, I definitely think he will be coming back and uh, having a phenomenal season. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, you know, uh, excited about seeing him perform and, and this upcoming season should be good, a good one for him. All right, so you said Green Bay and Indy as two teams. I'm saying the Ravens for Le'Veon Bell. The next free agent here that I want to talk about is Texans outside linebacker Jadavion Clowney, 26 years old. He is a franchise tag candidate as well. In the 2018 season, he finished with nine sacks, 47 total tackles, one forced fumble, and a recovery taken back to the house for six. 
Now, this is a potential franchise guy, but the Texans indicated that they may not be so inclined to give him a long-term deal this offseason. And so let's just say Clowney and the Texans, they part ways ahead of free agency and he becomes unrestricted. What team do you think makes the most sense for Clowney? Man, so I was kind of debating this, um, you know, earlier today, um, just trying to uh, refresh my notes uh, for the podcast and make sure that I can um, come up with some reasonable answers for for these guys. And I think um, I was really torn between two teams. Uh, number one being Philadelphia, uh, and what they their what they like to build around their defensive line. Um, I think you know Jadavia Clowning in, in a Schwartz type of defense, being able to be aggressive, that attacking style up the field, uh, no pass responsibility. Uh, you know everything is get to the quarterback. Uh, I think that would be a phenomenal fit um, with them uh, allowing Brandon Graham to leave and and, and free agency. Um, them having, uh, having a Lodi Nada, um, up in free agency. I definitely see, uh, Philadelphia being a great spot for him to build on his, uh, already good career as well as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, even though they're switching to a three, four defense. Um, I think being, uh, with Todd Bowles and, and the, and the, and the dynamics that they bring, uh, as far as their defensive scheme, I definitely think that Tampa Bay will be a, another uh, phenomenal landing spot for them. Both of those teams do make some sense, especially that Eagles fit. That's quite the intriguing look, just knowing that Jim Schwartz defense, as you just talked about, they pin their ears back and they get after the quarterback. And then, of course, you look at a D-line that has Clowney and Fletcher Cox. That's going to be yes. a nightmare for teams that have to go up against Philly. But here's my team. And I think this makes the most sense based on the need at the position and the amount of money they have. And it's the New York Jets. They have $102 million to spend this offseason. Adam Gase is there in New York. Greg Williams is bringing that 4-3 attacking defense to the Big Apple. And Clowney, this guy, he can come in a large market like New York. He can really become an aggressive pass rusher. Wouldn't necessarily have to worry about dropping back in coverage as an outside linebacker in a 3-4 scheme. And so I think I put two and two together. Clowney would be able to get the money he wants from the Jets. And he would fill a big time need for a New York team that really has been longing for a dominant edge rusher. I mean, that definitely would be a good fit, man. Um, you know, Greg Williams and the scheme that he runs, um, what he was able uh, to uh, to do with uh, Miles Garrett and those guys out there and what they were able to, to accomplish on the defensive side of the ball um, and, and their scheme and, and how they got after it up front, I definitely think uh, he, will be, uh, he will benefit from being uh, with Greg Williams. Now on to the talk of the day, Jarrell. Eagles quarterback Nick Foles. It broke earlier. The Eagles VP of operations, Howie Roseman, met with the media at the scouting combine. And he announced that they will not be placing the franchise tag on the 30-year-old signal caller, which means he will become an unrestricted free agent on March 13th. 
He started five regular season games, threw for seven touchdowns, four interceptions, while Wentz worked his way back from that knee surgery in the offseason. And then we saw what he did in the playoffs as well. So where do you think Foles lands? Man, so there's a few there's a few teams that I that I think um, Foles could land at. Number one being Miami. Um, they're un, their inconsistency at quarterback down there uh, with Tannehill. Uh, they you know they had a little success last year with Brock Osweiler, but you know that didn't last long. Um, they're looking for a long term quarterback uh, to lead that team and and um, their offensive weapons down there. Uh, with Albert Wilson and what he was able to do before his injury. Um, they're definitely look, looking for a long-term fit, as well as Jacksonville. Um, you know, they've, they've been uh, uncertain at quarterback for a number of years. Uh, you know, they tried to, you know, hide it with a with a new deal um, <laughs> for at the quarterback position. And But, I mean, uh, let's just be honest, they haven't been really been good at the quarterback position in a long time. So, uh, Nick Foles at, at, to Jacksonville would, would definitely make a, a, a solid fit. Um, but my, I have a team that's a sleeper team, uh, and that being the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, mm. You know, even though uh, Andy Dalton uh, has had uh, a little bit of success there, um, they haven't won any playoff games um, behind him uh, at, at the quarterback position. And, um, you know, with the shakeup of Marvin Lewis and those guys and what they're trying to do, um, Nick Foles coming coming down there and, and having a big target like A.J. Green would definitely be a, a good uh, fit. And uh, playing behind that defense is, that's always uh, aggressive every year uh, would definitely be uh, a successful fit. Well, I, too, believe that the Jacksonville Jaguars are the best fit for him just because... John DeFilippo is now the Jags offensive coordinator and he served as the Eagles quarterbacks coach during that Super Bowl run where Foles won MVP. So there is some chemistry. They do have previous ties between DeFilippo and Foles and I just think it makes too much sense for him to wind up in Jacksonville. You know Tom Coughlin, he's there in charge of the football operations. He likes the prototypical quarterbacks, and Foles has got the size at 6'4", 6'5". He's 30 years old. He's an established veteran. Now, my question to you, Jarrell, and this seems to be a topic of conversation for many people, and they ask this question, is Foles a beneficiary of the system that he plays in, or is he really that good of a quarterback? So what would you say to that? I mean, I think it would be a combination of the, of the two. Um, you know, he's accurate. He's, he's the one that's throwing the passes. He has to make the reads. Um, you know, I, I, I think that the, that the scheme is, is definitely a, a benefit, but at the end of the day, he has to go out there and make the throws. He has to make the plays and, um, you know, he has to be precise with what he's doing at the quarterback position. Uh, I think anytime that you can go over 20 uh, straight completions, um, I, I, I'm not sure what the number was in the in the uh, in the divisional game. But I mean, anytime you could, you know, you can throw uh, that many straight you know, completions and do your thing in that regard, man. I mean, uh, that just speaks for the for the for the repetition that he puts in the, the timing and the and the effort that he goes out there and, and displays on Sundays. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, being in that system in Philadelphia and, and, and being able to, uh, evolve each and every week because the scheme was never really the same. They were able to, 
you know, uh, re uh, recreate themselves uh, halfway throughout the season to make a, a push for the playoffs. And so, you know, at the end of the day, being able to adapt like that, um, I mean, it speaks for itself, man. I, I think I definitely think he's he's worth the money. Gotcha. I just wanted to pick your brain a little bit on that, but we'll move on to the next player. And this guy is another franchise tag candidate for his team. Falcons defensive tackle Grady Jarrett, 25 years of age, finished the 2018 season with career highs in both sacks and forced fumbles. So should he become available, Jarrell, where do you have him going? Man, this is a tough one. Um, I, I, I personally do, I personally don't see him uh, getting out of Atlanta. I mean, and and with their with their lack of um, you know ability to get to the passer. But um, you know, if I if I had to pick a team that would be able to spend the money and you know that loves defensive lines and and what they're able to do, uh, I mean, the Buffalo Bills would be a, a team that would come into play. Um, you know, Sean McDermott loves defensive linemen. He loves guys that be able to get after the passer. Uh, Kyle Williams at his departure this year um, at the three technique position and, and what he's been able to do uh, for a number of years. Uh, they they have a void there um, and a lack of a lack of leadership with the with the departure of Kyle. So uh, pairing him with a guy like Jerry Hughes and, and you know, Lorenzo Alexander and, and uh, you know, what those guys have been able to do on defense in the secondary. Um, I think that would be a definite, uh, a good fit for him, um, stepping right into that 4-3 scheme and, and be aggressive like he is. The one team that I would have should he leave Atlanta, which I don't think that's the case. I think Dan Quinn already came out and said if they're unable to get that long-term deal done ahead of the franchise tag deadline, they'll slap him with the tag and retain his rights. But one team that I think would be a fun fit for Jarrett is the Cleveland Browns. How about you add another big DT in there with Miles Garrett and you just make that line scarier. I think they certainly have the money, $78 million to spend. So you know they'll have the resources to pay Jarrett the money he wants. So I just thought you take him to Cleveland, which is already an evolving young defense. Now they got Steve Wilkes there, the former Cardinals head coach, and and served as the Panthers DC before he became the head coach. So he's a very good coordinator who runs that 4-3 scheme as well. So I just figured that Jarrett to Cleveland would be a pretty interesting dynamic. Man, that's pretty exciting, man. Um, I mean, I, I think um, it would be a it would be a great fit. And I mean, if he's able to team up with Miles Garrett, man, those guys will definitely have some success. All right, on we go to the next free agent, and this guy we know is going to be unrestricted, and he will likely depart the New England Patriots. It's Trey Flowers, the defensive end, twenty five years old. Finished the season with 57 tackles, seven and a half sacks, and three forced fumbles. Give me your team and destination for Trey Flowers. Uh, I think, uh, personally, I think the Oakland Raiders would be a team that that pops up uh, on Trey Flowers' uh, radar. Um, I think, you know, John Gruden stressed last year, you know, their inability to get to the quarterback and, uh, you know, him liking young guys and and he, he always compliments Gruden I mean not Gruden but Belichick and how you know he runs his system and how those guys always continue to have success because they just stick to what 
the the game plan is. I think uh, you know uh, John Gruden is look for, looking for for young guys and uh, exciting guys to buy into his program, and uh, bringing a young guy in there, a champion, a Super Bowl champion um, in there to their to their scheme would be a a great fit for him. I'm right there with you, Joel. I have Flowers signing with the Oakland Raiders. I think this just makes a lot of sense for both sides. The Raiders, we know, once they traded Khalil Mack, they had no pass rush to speak of. They have a couple of young bucks there in Arden Key who they're looking to develop. And who else to bring in than Flowers, a 25-year-old edge rusher that comes with that season experience, Super Bowl caliber type of player. Oakland has the money to dish out the contract that he's looking for. That fit there under Paul Gunther's defense would certainly be a good look for a Raiders team that's looking for another pass rusher ahead of the NFL draft. Now let's go to the secondary, Jarrell, shall we? And this is where it gets even more exciting because Earl Thomas, 29 years of age, suffered a season-ending injury in week four, unfortunately, but we know he's still the all-pro caliber player. Where do you see him going? Oh, man. So, man, word on the street is Richard Sherman's trying to get him out to San Francisco. Um, but me personally, uh, I would like to see him go down to uh, Tampa Bay um, and with their uh, in their secondary. Um, I mean, I think they need it need to add some uh, a little bit of leadership and um, dynamic ability back there. Um, Todd Bowles and his aggressive scheme um, and what he's able to he's been able to do with uh, his safeties. Um, Jamal Adams having a, a Pro Bowl type of year and and, um, and safeties before him, I think. Um, they'll definitely be able to benefit from his services. Um, but if I had to, if I had to think of a, a, a good team, I would say, I definitely would say Philadelphia. Um, I think that, um, teaming him up there with a, with a Malcolm Jenkins, uh, would, would definitely be great. They're, they're letting Corey Graham go in free agency this year. Um, and they, he would come into a locker room that's kind of similar to Seattle's then, you know, the fun, free, uh, let loose type of atmosphere. And I definitely think he would benefit from that. Here's one team that I think is destined to land him draw. I'm almost going to say it's a guarantee. He's coming home to the Dallas Cowboys. I think Earl Man. Thomas is going to end up wearing a star on his helmet. We saw all that happen last year when they played where he went to go run down Jason Garrett and said, come get me. He's down in Austin. He has his kids enrolled there in school. He's from Orange, Texas. When it's all said and done, I think both sides, they find common ground on a maybe a one-year deal because you know Thomas, he's coming from that injury. He's probably yes. going to look for a one-year deal. Once he gets that done, then he can cash in on a three- or four-year deal next offseason. And I know Dallas, they're in a very interesting position because they have a lot of their young players that they're going to have to pay, including Demarcus Lawrence, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, and then Cooper down the road. So I understand the obstacles that they will have, but I think both of these sides will come to a deal, and Earl Thomas will end up being a Dallas Cowboy. I mean, with all that information that you just displayed, man, there's no choice but him for him to go to Dallas. But I'm excited, man, for him to test free agency. Um, it was very uh, unfortunate what happened to him last year. Um, and and uh, But at the end of the day, God always has a plan. So I think uh, it'll definitely work out in his benefit. 
Um, you know, and if he ends up in Dallas, I definitely think that would be a great culture for him to to thrive in. Uh, One-year deal is definitely what he's going to, you know, possibly uh, end up getting just because of, of the injury. But, you know, if anybody knows Earl, they know that, you know, he continues to work hard. And so I'm excited to see. All right, let's go to, go to another Seahawk and this guy as well as a couple others franchise tag candidate who's looking for a big payday and I think you mentioned that you know him pretty well Seahawks defensive end Frank Clark Jarrell this is a very productive defensive end he had a career high 13 sacks this past season if he is not retained in Seattle where do you think he goes uh if it, uh, to be honest with you, uh, I, t- I think a team like the Detroit Lions would be uh, willing to pay him uh, to come in there and rush the passer. Um, I think they're going to allow Ziggy Ansah to go in free agency and allow him to test free agency. Uh, you know, having played at Michigan, there's some familiar familiarity there uh, with with him. And uh, you know, I think uh, Patricia is definitely looking for a guy to come in to to help bolster their defense um, uh, with the. With the addition of Davis, uh, they're, they're already stud middle linebacker. Yeah, I got uh, him going to San Francisco. You talked about uh, the Niners being a team for Clowney earlier in the podcast. And for the same reasons, we all know they could use another edge rusher. They're in the market for one. That's why you look at all the mock drafts. They have the Niners taking a defensive end in the first round. So Frank Clark to San Francisco would be my ideal scenario. And, and then again, Jarrell... You know that he would love to stay in the NFC West to get a chance to play the Seahawks twice a year. Gets to go join Richard Sherman again. This is a very good defensive end. And San Francisco has all the money to give him as well with $74 million to their name at this point in time. So keep an eye on that. But I think they'll probably be back with the Seahawks. And here's a, another intriguing player, Jarrell, that... I think the growing sense is that he's going to become an unrestricted free agent. It's giant safety Landon Collins. So what team makes the most sense for him? Uh, Me personally, it'll be a team like Seattle. Um, I think, uh, you know, they're, you know, with obviously the departure of Earl Thomas, uh, with their, with their, uh, you know, missing of, of, uh, Cam Chancellor out there, I definitely think, you know, his physicality and what he brings to the table, his dynamic ability to be able to uh, uh, play various uh, positions on the field would would definitely bolster their defense. And I I definitely think that uh, Seattle comes into play. Here's my team right here, the Indianapolis Colts. How about a Malik Hooker and Landon Collins safety tandem they're in Indy. This is a an emerging team under Frank Reich. They have the most cap space with $106 million to spend. This is a young safety, 25 years old. He had 96 total tackles, a forced fumble, and just played in 12 games. So this guy is productive. I think he has a strong reputation around the league for being one of the best at his position. So if Landon Collins becomes unrestricted... Indianapolis, you better believe, will be in hot pursuit of Collins. And I think that would just be a nice asset and addition for a young Indianapolis team that's looking to continue to make positive strides. Yes, I definitely think that would be a great uh, landing spot for him, man. 
Um, those guys have been getting better each and every year on defense. Um, and Malik Hooker is definitely an, a Pro Bowl safety. So, I mean, those guys will be able to do uh, any and everything they want on defense. So if Indianapolis does get a chance to pick him up, man, um, they're going to be uh, looking uh, pretty good in the AFC South. All right, so here's the second tier of free agents. And it looks like most of these guys will be testing free agency. So I think we're done talking about the main franchise tag candidates. But let's just run by these guys a little bit quicker so that way we can touch on more names. And let's go ahead and start with Vikings outside linebacker Anthony Barr, 26 years old, still young, had a very down season to his standards, 55 tackles and just three sacks. Where do you think he'll end up signing with in free agency? Ooh, uh, this was a tough this a tough decision for me. Um, you know, with his skill set, uh, you know, he's an excellent blitzer downhill, uh, being able to to uh, you know uh, feed off guards and come downhill, man. So I think uh, you know a good four three scheme would be you know phenomenal for him. So you know I have the Oakland Raiders coming into play. Um, when it when it comes to you know needing to shake up their defense, add a, a another young piece to their to their core, and uh, I definitely think uh, John Gruden is is looking for guys again to to shake up his locker room and uh, bring in um, some uh, hard nosed uh, playoff experience as well. That's a good fit right there for me. I have Barr going to the Tennessee Titans there to play under Mike Vrabel. You know, Brian Arakpo announced his retirement earlier this offseason. They're looking for another starting outside backer to play opposite of Harold Landry, the talented second-year player now uh, out of Boston College. So Barr to Tennessee makes a lot of sense. I think he would provide another strong contributor for Dean Pease and that 3-4 scheme. Now, the next player, Eagles corner Ronald Darby, who's coming off a season-ending torn ACL that he suffered there in Week 10. Maybe this is a guy that's going to be looking for a one-year prove-it type deal and then look to cash in next offseason. The team that I have him best fitted for is the Kansas City Chiefs, Jarrell. We know that that's secondary they need a lot of upgrading. I feel like a guy like Darby, who is a proven player, can help join forces with a guy like Eric Berry and Kendall Fuller and really help Steve Spagnolo get that defense back on track. Uh, that's an excellent uh, landing spot for him, man. Um, uh, he'll definitely uh, benefit from being out there. Uh, I think... Um, me personally, Darby's gonna definitely be looking for a one-year deal. He's gonna be um, needing to prove it and 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 come back stronger than what he did uh, did before and and winning the Super Bowl. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to decide, man. I mean, I think this would definitely be a, a interesting fit. Uh, but I think the Cincinnati Bengals uh, would definitely would be a good fit. Um, you know, his his experience to play inside and outside. Um, both uh, slot and corner uh, is definitely a, a benefit that the Cincinnati Bengals could use. Um, they're going to let Dequez Denard uh, go in, uh, in free agency, and I definitely think uh, a, a team like that um, could use uh, some experience there. All right. How about Tyron Matthew? This is a, a player that came, signed a one-year deal with the Texans, was released by Arizona, very productive. Where do you think makes the most sense for him in free agency? 
Oh, man, I don't think Tyron Matthews is going to be leaving Houston. Um, you know, he stated before that he wants to stay there um, as far as, uh, you know, uh, having success there. But, um, again, another team that I think is a need for safety is Tampa Bay. Um, I said it er- earlier on the podcast for Earl Thomas um, going down there and playing. But uh, this is a team that, that's a need to shake up their secondary. Um, they have cap space uh, as well as um, – the inexperience back there um, and they, they're looking to bolster their, their secondary. So I definitely think uh Tyron Matthew to Tampa Bay makes a good sense. I'm right there with you. I have him penciled into Tampa going back with Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles from his tenure there in Arizona. But let's talk about a couple of offensive players before we end today's podcast. First one being Saints running back Mark Ingram, who is slated to hit the open market. He's expressed interest in re-signing with the Saints, but I'm not so sure there's mutual interest there. Should he depart New Orleans, where does he go? Uh, I think uh, Baltimore would be a, a great landing spot for him um, and his physicality and what he does and, and, abil- and his ability to run downhill. Um, I think Miami, uh, the Miami Dolphins would be a, a, another great fit. Um, he, you know, he has a house there, and, um, trains there often. Um, he's a guy that, that loves being down there in Miami. And uh, I definitely think the Dolphins would be a great fit for him. The team I have Mark Ingram tab to go to is the Philadelphia Eagles. We know they're looking for a running back. Now they may not have the money to give Ingram the type of contract he's looking for. But I just feel like he's a fit in Philadelphia. He's a gritty, tough runner. He can join alliances there with Carson Wentz, Alshon Jeffrey, and that stout Eagles offensive line. That would make a dangerous duo there in the city of brotherly love. Now, how about another offensive playmaker that will probably be looking for a big payday, 30 years old, Eagles wide receiver Golden Tate. What about him? Where does he end up? Oh, man, he's got to go somewhere where there's a great quarterback, um, get the ball out pretty fast. Uh, I think uh, San Francisco will be a phenomenal landing spot with him. Um, Garoppolo and his uh, his ability to get the ball out fast will be a, a phenomenal landing spot for him. Um, New England and what they do, um, he's expressed interest about being in New England and uh, loving uh, to sign with the New England Patriots. Um, I think, you know, Tom Brady could, could definitely benefit from a, an experienced uh, receiver, um, an experienced uh, receiver that's going to buy into what they do offensively, um, loving short routes, uh, catch and run routes. Um, I definitely think New England would be a phenomenal spot for him as well. I have the Patriots for the best fit for Tate as well. He expressed the interest. He wants a Super Bowl ring. I think both sides come together. Figure out a deal. I think Tate ends up in New England. In fact, I think the Patriots may have been one of the teams to inquire about trading for him from the Lions before the Eagles decided to acquire him before the trade deadline. A couple more here, Jarrell. How about an under-the-radar receiver that should be getting a nice payday come his way in its Chargers wide receiver, Tyrell Williams, 6'4", 27 years of age, very productive when given the opportunity. Where do you uh, think he could end up? Uh, I think a guy, I think a guy like Terrell, uh, Tyrell Williams um, could end up in Buffalo. Uh, their need at the receiver position, um, you know, their need for a number one receiver to come out there and dominate uh, is definitely uh, a good landing spot for him. Uh, 
I definitely, I mean, uh, this is what I had down in my notes. I'm sorry, but that, yeah, that's what I have down. Um, I definitely think Buffalo will be a, a phenomenal landing spot for any for any receiver looking to get paid. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. And you played at Buffalo, so you know the organization and what they are looking for. But here's another dynamic playmaker that I think will be making headlines come March. It's Falcons running back Tevin Coleman. This guy put together a career-high 800 yards rushing, five receiving touchdowns. He's an explosive playmaker. Some people believe he's better than Devontae Freeman in Atlanta. This guy's going to get paid. It's just a matter of by who. So which team do you think ends up with Coleman? Um, my two teams for for, for Tevin Coleman, um, number one being San Francisco. Uh they had a shakeup last year at the running back position, losing their uh, their big free agent signee uh, McKinney um, with an ACL, as well as uh, Green Bay um, and their and their need for having uh, a need at the running back position. His skill set to be able to catch and, and run out the backfield, uh, you know, he's phenomenal on draw plays, screen plays, um, and he, he's his uh, his ability to just be able to score score the football um, is is definitely beneficial to both of those franchises. Yeah, the team I have, Tevin Coleman, ending up with, and this is, of course, if they miss on Le'Veon Bell, but I have the Jets going after Tevin Coleman. You know, they're going to be parting ways with Isaiah Crowell at the start of the new league year, so they're going to get younger at the position. Adam Gase is now there. Coleman fits that offense's system perfectly, and I think he's going to be able to get the money he wants because we know the Jets do have over $100 million to spend. One more offensive player, and then we'll give a brief trade destination for AB, and we'll call it a day. But the one other offensive playmaker I wanted to talk about is Jared Cook, who will test free agency. 31 years old, but he's coming off a monster season for Oakland. 68 receptions. 896 yards, six touchdowns. Which team do you think makes sense for him? Uh, I personally think the Jacksonville Jaguars will be a great fit for him. Um, I think they're going to bolster their quarterback. Um, them allowing uh, Sebastian uh, to, rock, to to leave in free agency this year, uh, declining his option. Um, their need at the at the tight end position to, to get better. Um, to be able to stretch the field. And uh, I think Jared could be a phenomenal uh, pickup for them. You know where I have him going, Drill? I have him going to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, you oh, know, wow. <laughs> they, they cut Charles Clay. We saw that earlier. They need yeah. a tight end for Josh Allen. They have $81 million to spend. And I just feel like a guy like Jared Cook would be able to help Josh Allen develop as a young signal caller while providing them a dynamic down-the-field threat. So I think that makes a lot of sense to me. What do you think? I think it would be beneficial to him, man. I mean, um, you know, having a, a good tight end that can catch the, uh, the ball is always a safety net for um, a young quarterback and trying to be successful, um, as well as having a good run game. I, I expect Shady McCoy to, to, uh, to, to get back on track offensively this year. Um, so, you know, pairing him out there uh, with a young quarterback and, and being able to stretch the field uh, will be phenomenal for that offense. All right, and now the last topic of today's podcast. It's the Antonio Brown sweepstakes, Jarrell. We've yes. seen it in the headlines, dominating it this offseason for the last three or four weeks. He clearly wants out. 
He met with ownership. They mutually agreed that they can both have a new fresh start elsewhere. Art Rooney's come out and said they're not going to give him away for nothing. They don't want to trade him to the AFC. They prefer to trade him to the NFC. Where do you think he ends up being traded when the dust settles? Okay, so this uh, this was a little tough uh, because there's a there's a bunch of AFC teams that are in need of a uh, not an AFC but NFC teams that are in need of a, a, a nice uh, receiver at the position. Um, but I had to come up with two teams. Um, number one being Green Bay. I think you know they always love offensive guys. I think uh, their departure of Randall Cobb um, is is a good is a is a good sign that they are, are in need of bolstering their receiver position. Um, you know, they're not often signing big time free agents. I mean, not signing, but, uh, trading or, or signing big time free agents. But I think, uh, you know, being able to give away a, a third round pick and, and, or, you know, a third or fourth round pick for, for Antonio Brown, uh, would be, would be a phenomenal, uh, you know, trade for them. Um, you know, a third or fourth, uh, maybe a second for the, for the following year, but, you know, uh, being able to get him out there with another great quarterback would be phenomenal. Um, as well as as well as the Arizona Cardinals, um, they're in need at the wide receiver position for uh, for a playmaker to, to to attack downfield. You know, Larry Fitzgerald is is obviously uh, you know still a great receiver, but he he's not Antonio Brown, and and uh, he doesn't bring the the same abilities to the table anymore. Um, and so they're they're you know with them having a new head coach, uh, you know, a young quarterback needing to. To get off to a good a good start this year, um, I definitely think they'll they they should have some success uh, if they trade for Antonio. The Green Bay Packers fit that almost scares me just as a fan of what him and Aaron Rodgers can do together because I think that would just be dynamite for any team that has to go up against that duo. But the team that I think Antonio Brown ends up with, I think it's the Niners. I think San Francisco has been. His preferred destination all along. You had that whole hoopla with him and Jerry Rice talking about what it means to be a San Francisco wide receiver. And you have that connection going for him. And on top of John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, who have proven to be aggressive since taking over as head coach and GM, I think they have some draft capital and some cap space to accommodate Antonio Brown and his wish for some more guaranteed money. And then you give Garoppolo another weapon to pair with Marquise Goodwin. So now you're going to have two speedsters that you're going to have to defend against. And I think that's going to give a lot of defensive coordinators nightmares and fits to scheme against. So I think the Niners make the most sense for a player like Antonio Brown. Yeah, you know, I could have went with the Niners. You know, I could have, you know, went with the with the good choice. That's a that's a good obvious choice, though. You know, but I like I personally like the the the, the Green Bay Packers trying to make a splash, uh, but as well as the Arizona Cardinals in need of of uh, a big time uh, receiver to stretch the field for that young quarterback. Yeah, I agree. I agree, and we don't even know, man, who's going to be the quarterback for Arizona because I know they keep on saying, "Oh, we're standing by Josh Rosen." But today, their GM, Steve Keim, was like, yeah, Rosen's our quarterback for now because you know that Kingsbury has an affinity for Kyler Murray. So, you know what, man? If Kyler Murray does end up going number one overall, 
having a guy like Antonio Brown to pair with the dynamic running quarterback and an explosive athlete in Murray would be something to watch. I mean, they've been seen training together, man. And that uh, that deep ball they threw this offseason uh, didn't look too bad. I know, man. That's true. That's true. There's video out there as well. Well, that's going to do it for today's podcast episode. Jarrell, again, I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're rehabbing your way back. You're training over there in Florida. So thanks for making the effort to join today's podcast. And I look forward to getting you on in, in future episodes. Man, I'm always excited uh, to do this podcast. Um, there's so many different players and uh, so many different dynamics in the NFL to talk about. Um, and it's just always a pleasure to be able to, to go over uh, so many of those on the podcast. So um, I always appreciate you letting me, uh, uh, you know, speak on the podcast and, uh, and give my opinion. All right, bro. Well, again, I hope you heal up quick. Good luck as you continue on the season with the Orlando Apollo. So take care, enjoy the rest of the afternoon, and God bless. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Always. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at lifemd.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.